Welcome back to the Lash Base Podcast. It is episode number 31. And today's episode, I am over the moon to say, is all about the fact that we are opening back up again very soon. The lash industry in England anyway, and I believe in Wales, and soon to be Scotland are opening back up. So I wanted to do an episode today very briefly about some of the struggles that you might encounter and what you can do about it. So this is to make sure you can maximize the retention of those new clients and returning clients clients to ensure that they do book in and they do come back to you in the future. Right, that's enough of this intro. Let's get going. So here we are then in what seems like an eternity in lockdown. It looks like hopefully, and I don't want to jinx it now, this might be the last time I have to do a podcast episode in which it's giving you advice on what to do after not lashing for so long because we've been in some sort of um, a horrible lockdown. So we're coming out of it. I cannot wait. It's it's already been exciting to see how positive everyone's being. I know there's a lot of nerves out there as well. Um, and I completely empathize with that. It's going to be scary going back um, for a little while, but it's like riding a bike. You'll do your first set or your two, first two sets and you'll just it'll feel like you've never had a break you probably have a bad back you probably won't eat again um so in fact to be fair i'm going to start this by saying this is your opportunity to set boundaries and have real real be do this for you do this business for you don't do this for your clients so if you want to work nine to five monday to friday doing lashes and have the weekends to yourself and to your family then do it have those because you'll be fine well i know this from experience 100 know this from experience Someone will say to you, nope, they can only do Saturday at 7pm. That's the only slot they can do. Otherwise, they'll go elsewhere. If you tell them that you cannot do that time because you don't want to do that time, I guarantee you they will find a way to get booked in for the time and the hours that you do work. So yeah, this, um, to be fair, isn't what the episode's supposed to be about, but I just want to start with this is actually your time to get hold of all of your policies, take booking fees. So don't just book people in and then have no shows left, right and center, because with COVID still being a thing, you are going to have people that will last minute cancel on you. You need to make sure you've got a clear policy in place so that both people in involved in this situation, you and your client, both know where they stand when something or if something like that does does crop up, which I'm sure it's going to um, a little bit. And to be fair, it's better to be safe than sorry. But I'll leave that to you. Definitely look into your policies. Right. So anyway, enough about policies. The reason why I wanted to talk to you, because you're going to be going back to work, which is um, very, very exciting. There were a few things that amongst all of that excitement and um, like lashing is riding a bike, there are still a few things that you must be aware of. And this is what I want this episode to be about. I wanted to be able to remind you of a few things that you may not have thought about through being very excited and through the fact that you have a lot of other things to think about right now. So really, I think the main thing that can make or break a lash set um, is the use of adhesive. I won't say the adhesive specifically. Uh, I would say how the client, uh, sorry, how the client, how the lash artist uses that adhesive. So I just want to remind you of a few pointers and hopefully give you a little bit more education that will make you realize whether you should or shouldn't be getting a new adhesive or you should or shouldn't stick with the current adhesive you've got or what you can do if you notice something a little bit different about your lash adhesive when you're using it. So I'm just going to break down uh, a few points 
we've got as well uh, to be honest we do what we try to do at lash base anyway just i'm already waffling i haven't done a podcast episode for a while and i've already gone off on a tangent but what we do try and do with our lash base episodes and the podcast episode sorry is uh, have uh, other blogs that match what we're talking about so if you go onto the lash base website right now you will find probably more detailed or in-depth blogs about the specific points that i'm going to mention so if you do want to learn more or find out more about something very specific that i've said then i uh, have a look at the lash base website equally you can join as always i know i say this join the team lash base facebook group uh, it's it's growing every day we've got lots of people in there it's a real friendly supportive place to be that's what we want it to be and that's what it is we've got um luckily as well we've got a team full uh, of influencers as well that help out where they can because there's only so many of us here and it's great to have knowledgeable talented people that are there to help out as well as well as there's thousands of lash artists that uh, many of which know lots and have lots of experience so whether you're new or you've been in it a while it's a great place to be so go and join the team lash base facebook group and i think the last thing that i always like to mention as well is whatever you're doing right now um please screenshot what you do it sorry screenshot your screen that you're listening to this or take a picture of whatever it is you're doing and post it up on instagram stories and tag me at lashbase underscore jamie you can also tag lashbase underscore uk the main lashbase account um, and we'll reshare as many as we can i love knowing that someone's out on a dog walk and is listening to me talk or they're running on a treadmill or they're just cleaning their house or they're doing paperwork or they're actually even lashing clients you might be listening to this right now and the client can hear me that'd be interesting so take a picture if the client allows that um and yeah put it on your instagram and tag me and i'll do my best to reshare it right so that's enough of that done let's go on to the things that you need to look out for when you're going back to lashing so up first i'm going to go with the adhesive itself this is so important that you right now as soon as you finish listening to this or whilst you're listening and you've got it in reach, grab your adhesive and have a look at either if it's got an expiry date printed on it, a batch number so you can check and like cross-reference if, if that's in date or out of date when you opened it. Um, and even just check that it actually works. Like there's so many people that we've had through previous lockdowns that uh, won't open or test their adhesive until it's too late to do anything about it. So whether that be as extreme as the first time you open your adhesive is when your client's lying there and you're ready to lash them, or whether it be a day or two prior when you don't have enough time to order a new one to make sure it gets to you in time. So whatever you're doing right now, check your adhesives. There are so many like little things you can check. Like I said, check the batch numbers and stuff. If you use lash base adhesive, we've got, um, you can search on just in the search bar on, on the Lashbase website, important information about your adhesive. We've got like a whole table of our batch numbers. So you can check at the your batch number versus when that date, um, ex when that adhesive expires. But if you have got an adhesive and you want to test if it works, obviously the first thing you need to do is check that it actually sticks things. So it sounds stupid, but you can just get, pull a hair out your head or anything, you know, like that. I think Maven started this, but where you do like a lash on a log, I think she calls it, where you uh, try and stick a lash fan or lashes to a strand of human hair. It's the best way to sort of mimic what you would do when you're lashing someone rather than trying to attach lashes to like a mannequin head's normal false lash strip because sometimes it can be a bit difficult. So definitely check that it works. Check if it's stringy um, or stringy, more gummy than you remember. 
um, and then check if it separates faster or slower than it used to. Obviously, a lot of adhesives do separate. The color comes away from the cyanacrylate and the, the everything else that's in there. That's a normal thing, and which is why uh, shaking your adhesive is said to be important. Um, some adhesives now need less shaking. It depends on the, the general makeup of what's inside that adhesive. But if your adhesive you're noticing separates quite a lot, or really easily, that's a, a good sign that it's the stabilizers that are within that adhesive that uh, are, the, are the problem because they're not holding it all together. They're not working. And if they're off, then it's a, there's a good chance that the rest of it's not going to be optimal um, and therefore you definitely shouldn't be using it. So definitely check that your adhesive works. And if you're unsure if it is or if it's not working as you would expect, then don't risk it. That's the worst thing you can do. Think, you know what? I'm not sure. So I'm just going to crack on. Definitely don't do that. The best thing you can do is, and I know this sounds funny coming from someone that it's my job to sell lash adhesives, but I'm being serious when I say, if you aren't sure on whether your adhesive's in date or whether it works properly, then the safest and most sensible thing to do is to replace it and get yourself a new one. So moving away from the actual adhesive itself, and we're now going on to the, I'd say like the application of you doing lashes and where we are currently in the year. So whether you, this is um, always a bit of a contentious or controversial one topic to talk about next, um, but some believe it, some don't believe it, but we're at that stage of the year where your hair sheds quicker than because uh, we're going from into spring, aren't we? So it's that lash shed season. So again, it's like, although not scientifically proven, um, some uh, big names do really, really believe that it's a thing and do push it. And some big names really, really believe that it isn't a thing and say that it's it's just a coincidence and something that you you can use as an easy thing to easy out for why lashes aren't lasting but basically if you notice because you'll know your clients better than anybody obviously you'll notice if your clients um lashes are or their lashes are not lasting ask them if the lashes are falling out with their natural lashes attached to it if their natural lashes are attached to that lash extension then it's just a natural hair shed um, and there's nothing to worry about. It just is what it is. You might just need to book shorter infills um, just for a few weeks until it sort of sorts itself out. But on the flip side of that, if the client's lashes are falling out and there are no natural lashes attached, then that's something to do with the application. That's something that's that is, I hate to point fingers, but that could be something you've done could be something they've done or it could be the fact that you're using an adhesive that's not quite right or it could be that the environmental conditions are not quite right for the adhesive and for you at that moment it could be it could be anything couldn't it however some people believe that it could be down to the last shed season so this is something to consider and keep in mind but moving on with something a little more um again in season is we haven't been lashing for a good well if you're in england anyway you haven't been lashing this year we're coming back into lashing right when the pollen count is rising right when allergy season is here so what you may find is that clients um that suffer with hay fever and suffer with allergies might have increased sensitivity anyway so therefore what you may believe to be reactions and lots of problems whatever you do don't blame the adhesive there's nothing wrong with the adhesive or has changed in any of the products that you're using they're still the same products but we're just going back into lashing at that time of year when clients are extra sensitive i know there's a lot of scare stories as well out there at the moment where it's someone that's had 
COVID might be more sensitive. Someone that's had the vaccine may be more sensitive. Their medical changes or changes in their medical history. And therefore, if again, I'm not going to go into the details on this one because you'll have to check with your insurer. But if your insurance requires you to patch test on medical changes, then these are all things you should speak to your client about. Uh, but specifically talking about an increase in the potential for clients to become more sensitive. We're right at that point, right at that peak. So therefore, if your client's eyes aren't completely closed, if the iPad placement isn't 100% right, if your client just loves to talk the entire way through and you can see their eyelids flickering, you can see their cheeks moving so that it's moving all of the iPad around, um, all of these things can increase the sense, the, the risk of sensitivities um, and not necessarily a reaction. You can use extra products or other products that help neutralize the fumes or vapors or whatever that, that are coming off of that bonding point where from the adhesive. However, the best thing that you can do is make sure that you have adequate ventilation, that you have um, made sure that their client, the client's eyes are closed, that you've made sure that they're not talking or their eyes aren't moving too much. And you've made sure you are very careful with your application throughout the entire set. It may take you a little longer, but again, that, that's something that I'll move on to next about taking longer. Uh, the other thing that increases the chances of sensitivities, um, because I'm just sort of bracing myself for uh, the, because one of the good things, sorry, I'm just suddenly going off again. One of the good things about um, working uh, at Lashbase is the fact that being one of the biggest in the UK, we get the macro view of what's going on across the industry. So if you're experiencing a problem, it's highly likely that there are multiple other people that experience the same problem. Um, we get everybody comes to us. We encourage that. We like people coming to us because we we enjoy helping and making sure every fixing and finding solutions to problems. But we get to see the, the big problems that are going on within the industry before other people necessarily realize it's actually a, a something that people are struggling with. Um, and one of those things that I'm going to have to remind you of is the fact that we're all going to be wearing masks and PPE again. So not only does having a mask and a visor on uh, impact you as a lash artist, your speed, your technique, your view, yeah, your comfort, everything so that will impact how you um, your application. Anyway, the client is the one that's wearing the mask. And uh, I'm going to try and explain this without it sounding as gross as possible, because there's so many times when I talk about this in the office and it just cut, it just sounds horrible when you talk about somebody's moist breath. So sorry about saying that. But if they're wearing a mask, when you put your hand or the, the mask over the face there, it does force the, I call it airflow, their breath, it forces the airflow upwards between their cheek and their nose directly onto that point of application. So what that actually does, regardless of whether you say that your uh, environmental conditions are 100%, you might go, look, my temperature and my humidity is exactly as it's supposed to be, says, says the thermometer on the wall, says the hygrometer I've got on the side says everything. If your client is uh, breathing and the airflow is going up onto that point of application, that very point of application is going to be hot and it's going to be humid and it's going to make your adhesive set so much quicker, which then leads to retention problems because you haven't got an optimal bond. So one of the biggest things that we saw back through lashing prior to this lockdown with clients wearing masks is it's such a small little thing but 
clients wearing masks really, really does have a huge impact on how your adhesive behaves if you're not careful with it, if you don't spot it early and make sure you understand what's happening when it happens. So that's probably a big one for me uh, is we're going to see an increased risk of sensitivities. We're going to see um, a lot of probably brush offs, which is something I'll move on to and we'll talk about in a minute. But the main thing for me is we're right at that peak point where you're going to get increased sensitivity. It's something that you have to be wary of because you're and and educate your client and explain this to your client. If you talk to your client about all of this, then if something was to happen, the chances that they would be wanting to take it further or wanting anything from you reduces because you've communicated. Everybody knows what's happened and why it's happened it puts everybody in a better position to manage the situation. Obviously, plan A is make sure that that doesn't happen. But plan B has to be that the client was educated in all of this anyway. So yeah, I'd say that that is going to be a big factor when we go back. So moving on to the next bit, and I did touch on it just a second ago or a minute ago, sorry, is the lashing speed. You may think, um, and I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers, and I'm not trying to call anybody out here. But Honestly, you haven't been lashing for three, four, five months. I don't know how long this this has been going on for. For a little while, you are going to be that split second slower. And the thing is, the adhesives that we all work with, a split second is massive. It makes a huge difference. When you, when yeah, I don't know, again, if this is going to be a relatable analogy for it, but it's like racing. If a car wins by a tenth of a second, that's a big win. Whereas in lashing, a tenth of a second is a huge difference to whether that adhesive has cured, whether that adhesive hasn't cured and you're going to get stickies. It makes a huge difference. So the fact that you haven't lashed for four months may, unless you've been practicing and unless you've kept up your speed, it may mean that you're slightly, ever so slightly slower. And if that's the case, then you may notice um, more brush offs. Um, and I've mentioned brush offs twice now, so I do just want to quickly cover for anybody listening that thinks what's a brush off. Uh, I believe it is taught anyway in most classes. So, uh, yeah, you probably already know this. Brush offs are most likely caused by the adhesive setting too quick before you've made that optimal bond and before you have um, attached the lash. This means that it's already partly cured. You then apply it to the lash. So it then end, finishes its curing. You, it looks like it's attached. But then when you start brushing through the lashes a little later on, you notice they start pinging off. That is called a brush off. And that is most likely because the lash, ha, um, the adhesive has set too quick through any of those reasons that I've already mentioned, whether it be the airflow, so the humidity and temperature of the actual application point, or whether it be um, yeah, anything that I have mentioned then. So... Lashing speed is obviously a big one because, again, if you're too slow, then you might experience stickies where the adhesive's not setting too quick for you to move on. So you are then you sticking lashes together. So you can just go through your lashes and check for stickies. Um, this is definitely one that you might want to look at a video for, which, again, we have got a blog on on our lash base website, which you can have a look on for stickies. So um, I think I'll move on uh, to something that we've probably all experienced before and something that is definitely worth just mentioning, because you may not have lashed for four or five months. That also means that your client have not had lashes for four or five months, which brings up the issue. You're going to have to reteach and re-educate your clients in lash aftercare. 
So even the sorry, the best thing that you can do with this is just during the lash appointment, just explain to them um, every now and again, and maybe before they leave. I know nowadays you can get aftercare cards from pretty much everywhere. Uh, again, this is something uh, Lashbase has on the website. You can either buy them ready done or just download the free version and print them yourself, edit them, whatever you want. They're, they're available. But this is something that you must explain to your clients. Don't pick them, pull them, brush them every day, wash them every day. Don't do this, do do that. That you're going to have to make sure you've had that conversation with them and you've got to have to make sure that they've definitely acknowledged that you've had this conversation with them. Because I think um, there's still people out there nowadays that have lashes done. They go away and they haven't been told a single thing about how to look after their lashes um, and if their lashes don't last, even if it's your client's fault, even if they have just all day, every day, rubbed it and pulled them, slept on their face, I don't know, just everything you shouldn't do, they have done and they lose their lashes and they don't last longer than a week. They're going to blame you. They're going to say it's your fault. And if anybody else asks them, where did you get your lashes done? Or would you recommend that that lash artist? They're going to say no. And even though it's not your fault, even though it's 100% their fault, because you haven't communicated with them and because you haven't educated them, it's technically not their fault that they didn't know. So they've completely valid and within their right to be telling people that or not recommending you. So you would be doing yourself a huge favor if you make sure they know how to look after their lashes. It's a luxury treatment. They should understand that these luxury treatments do require upkeep to make them look nice. Um, and they need to have realistic expectations. It's very easy. So, and this is one of the most frustrating things for me, actually, as, as somebody that that works, I don't want to say runs a lash brand, works at a lash brand. Um, and that is when you see other lash brands claiming a completely unrealistic length of time for retention, which actually convinces a lash artist that that is possible, even though it goes against all laws of science and biology of the natural lash, um, they believe that they're going to have uh, something like six or seven or eight weeks retention, meaning like they're going to have a full set eight weeks later. The problem is if the lash artist believes that, buys that, and then goes on to use it, they then go and tell their client or believe their client should expect the similar length of time. So therefore, it puts that uh, that unrealistic expectation all the way down the chain, which just makes everybody unhappy. And it means that everyone along that line gets bad reviews. Whereas if there's realistic expectations um, put in place right at the start, uh, this is very much why uh, I'm a massive believer in, in that cliche saying of under promise and over deliver. So if you can manage to do that for your clients, you're going to get so much more uh, word of mouth referrals than if you try and oversell it, something that's not necessarily going to be the case. So realistic expectations and making sure your client definitely understands how to look after their lashes are going to be key to them to make sure that your hard work that you've just put in after all that time off uh, lasts and then they're going to be happy and they're going to send more people to you. And more importantly, they're going to come back to you as well. Which leads me nicely on to my last point that I want to make, which is actually away from adhesive. Because to be fair, there's I honestly I I know it sounds like I always like beat the drum of stop blaming your adhesive. There's no such thing as a faulty adhesive. I understand that their problems can happen. That you can have an adhesive that does not work in the way you think it should. Whether that be through poor storage, your end poor storage that the manufacturer uh, the supplier's end, sorry, at the brand's end, um, or whether you've bought uh, an adhesive that is faulty because the thing is you, this is 
first time I'm going to say this, I always say that adhesive is lash adhesive is not faulty. However, I have actually experienced lash adhesive that is faulty. And the reason that is, so this is the but now, the, the time in which lash adhesive is faulty or can be faulty is when you're buying it from a source that does not supply you with compliant, regulated, safe, well-manufactured adhesive uh, at, at a certain standard. They sell you adhesive that is just shipped in with a label stuck on it and then they don't know what it is. No one knows what it is. They just give it to you and that's it. Sometimes you can have faulty adhesives when that's the process you go through. So something you're going to see a little bit more from Lash Base because uh, we've gone quite quiet on it recently. Um, I don't know why, to be honest. I think we've just had other focuses, but we're quite proud of the fact that all of our products, including our adhesives, but all of like the liquids and the products that are more uh, technically cosmetic products, all of them are uh, compliant to all UK and EU regulations, something that we're going to push more of since we've since the UK has left the EU. There are new cosmetic regulations for businesses that are selling cosmetic products and other products such as uh, lash adhesives. There are new regulations that you must comply with and you must follow. It's a, a bit of a process. It costs money and you have to register with uh, different authorities now. And this is something that and have oh sorry and independent safety assessments done as well to prove that you follow these um, new regulations in the UK and we've done it we've met we met them um, we have the certificates to prove it as well and we know um, I'm not even going to name names we know that we're probably one of the only ones if not the only one that has actually gone through this process uh, so we're so proud so proud of our products uh, and again all of them are personal preference you might not like them you might not get on with some of them you might love some of them and you some of them might just be your go-to forever and ever and ever so we understand that just because they meet all regulations they're still not going to be for everybody um, however something that we're going to again start pushing is that anything you buy from lash base is safe it shows your professional it shows you care about that sort of thing i did a survey the other day funnily enough and unfortunately um out of all of the people surveyed it was eight percent of people cared about whether it was regulated or where their products came from admittedly most people thought uh, uh picked things such as the speed and retention and the wide ranging humidity and temperature that, that it can that your adhesive can behave in and work well in so yeah, i understand that but it's it's scary to me that um not many people really care about where it comes from i guess it's as long as it just sticks and that's it that's good enough but for lash base that isn't good enough and it's a fight that we'll continue to fight because we can be proud of our products and and know that whatever happens we've done it the right way and done the right thing so that's what we're going to continue to push so i hope that those that use lash base products use us partly for that reason but partly because the products are great as well uh, or you you believe they are because again i'm not here to try and try and say yep ours are better than everyone else's i'm just saying that ours are definitely more regulated than a lot of people's well that moves me on enough of adhesive i want to talk now about something that is going to make a huge difference and if you know me that you know that i um love social media and um have had great success relative to the job that i do on social media However, I'm here to tell you that you can grow a huge, huge lash business, be fully booked, earning loads of money without using social media. And that is all about 
creating an experience for your clients. You no doubt have got clients or hopefully you've got clients clawing to get back booked in with you. So the fact of getting clients is not your issue. So you don't need to think about using social media to try and gain clients. If you want to keep your clients and then get other clients, you just need the ones you currently have to tell someone else about you. That's the easiest and best way to get clients. It's the best way to keep hold of clients as well. So what I want to leave you with is to understand that the fact that you've educated your client on aftercare, you've communicated exactly the realistic expectations of what they can expect. You've put in place professional policies that's going to make sure that they know where they stand, you know where you stand, and everybody understands the transaction that's about to happen. All of that is just a way of improving the experience so that it becomes more of that luxury treatment. If you don't do any of those things, every time you stop doing those things is when you are losing a little bit from what you're offering. And that is another step in losing a client. Yes, don't get me wrong. You are going to have clients that are just coming to you because you had a discount. They're going to come to you. And if you build your business out of gaining clients through doing discounts, guess how you're going to lose those clients when somebody else comes along and does cheaper. Whereas if you create an experience and have every tick all of the boxes for everything, forget price, you tick all of the boxes for everything, you're going to have those people coming back to you. Those ones that leave for price, they weren't for you anyway. So realistically, when you've got these clients that are coming back to you on April 12th or whenever it happens to be, whenever uh, I think Scotland might be the 26th, um, focus on working out a way you can reward loyalty. So if your client books in again for an infill right there and then so you know you're coming back, offer them something that makes it worth their while. Offer them something that makes it worth their while to come back to you five times, for example. So I'll leave you. I won't go into detail on how you can create loyalty projects, uh, loyalty programs, sorry. Uh, but that is something you can think of. Again, ask that question in the Team Lashbase Facebook group. There are loads of people, um, including some of the Lashbase influencers. I think Millie Sampson, uh, who wrote a blog about... I think actually about um, the client experience. Uh, this is, you can post in the group, ask a question about a loyalty program. People will tell you how they do it and what they do. These things work great. So definitely look at that. Um, another good thing that you can do is keep in touch with everybody. Text them, call them, whatever it is, email them, have you contact your clients, do it before the appointment, do it after the appointment, do it in between infills. Um, they want uh, and clients enjoy it's a people business your people they're buying from you so you do need to keep although it can be a professional relationship you can still keep in touch in between um, and ensure that they're not going anywhere uh, adding on top of that all of the extra bits that you can um, do during the appointment whether it's offering them drinks i'm not sure again on the rules just off the top of my head suddenly thinking as i'm talking on the rules during covid and what you can and can't offer people however little aftercare kits you can provide them with um, and especially if that gives you a little bit of extra profit when you're getting them to buy a retail product which only makes their lashes last longer and if their lashes last longer they're going to be happier they're going to come back to you so that's definitely something you should look into as well retail but I'll um, figure out some new episodes going forward and where I can touch on these points that I have I just wanted to try and give you uh, a head start and an opening on some things uh, that you could think about before you go back to lashing, um, and that is to how to manage your adhesive and then how to create that experience through being more professional and th through understanding this is a people business um, that you're in and you can create wonderful lashes. But if you don't make them feel good, then it's more chance that they'll go elsewhere to be made to be felt good. So I think I'll leave you with that. 
Um, I'm really excited to get back to seeing the industry and seeing loads of new sets being posted all the time. Obviously, I'm not I'm not excited about the fact that we are going um, to increase the amount of people that may have problems with adhesive. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're not going to be one of those people because you are going to understand what's going on. Um, and yeah, I'm going to leave it there, actually. That's it. Whatever you're doing, remember, please just take a picture, post it up on social media, on Instagram, tag me. I'll reshare everything um, that I can when I see it. Um, and if you ever want to ask any questions, join the team Lashbase Facebook group, DM the Lashbase account on Instagram, DM me, whatever you want. Um, one of the things that Lashbase uh, is all about is support, and we do want to try and help you. So no question is too stupid. No question is too stupid? There are no stupid questions. I'm stupid, definitely, but there are no stupid questions. But feel free to DM any of us um, and we'll try our best to help you out. So thanks very much for listening to this episode. That Again, I know says every episode. It feels like it's been way too long. Uh, I can't wait until the industry's back open and we can see people succeeding again. If you've made it this far, you are a success anyway. But now is your chance. You can get back to work and you can start growing your business. Um, and yeah, let's build this lash industry back up. Thank you very much for listening.